Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And once again, you have found the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet here, of course, with my trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. You're right, Woody. You're right. Hey, it is the day before Thanksgiving as we record this show today, and Woody and I would both like to say thank you. Our our heartfelt thank you to all of those out there who listen to the show, who watch the show, and have made the growth possible for the PBL podcast. In the last 30 days, our growth has been uh, exceptional, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, we're still still working towards our goal of growing this show even more, and with your help, we can continue to do that. And again, as I say, often life is not the matrix, is an algorithm, and you can help grow the show as you have been doing by sharing, liking, giving us a five-star rating if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, subscribe. If you're watching it on Rumble, subscribe. Whatever apparatus, rate, rate us, subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share, and it helps grow the show. But again, the last month has just been incredible as far as the growth of the show. And we thank you again. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you and your families. Please be safe. Uh, have fun. Enjoy the food. And again, if you're in one of those states, you know, like California, uh, and you got a large crowd, you know, keep an eye out the window. But if the police do show up, remember, they got to have a warrant to come into your house. So don't let them in. But anyway, again, thank you and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. Today's show, what we're going to get into is uh, I'm going to give you a, a SCOTUS update. What's going on in the Supreme Court? There's nothing at the Supreme Court yet, but there's some a key element that happened uh, a while ago that will help what's going on with the reelection of Donald J. Trump. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Sidney Powell today. It's Wednesday as I record this. She said there is rumor. I don't know if she said it, but others have said that are close to her that she's going to drop her lawsuit today. As of this recording, she hasn't. When she does, we'll obviously talk about that. I'm going to give you a Georgia update with regards to Dominion found some interesting information. And I'm going to talk about Dominion, the whole Smartmatic connection in this show. So got a lot to talk about. And it is just the day before Thanksgiving. And it is amazing the amount of information. So let's recap and let's talk about what's going on right now. Is We've obviously got battleground states. We, we still have contested election, even though the Associated Press and other various media outlets have called the election for Joe Biden. Now, if you look over my shoulder, if you're watching the video here, this is a countdown. We have 19 days until the Electoral College meets, and that is where we're at, and that's what it's all about right now. There are two things at play here. Uh, one is what's happening in, as a count, we count down to those 19 days, what, what the goal is for those 19 days to get to the Electoral College, for the electorals to vote. Uh, once that happens... A president will be selected if one of the candidates gets to 270 electoral votes. If as it stands as it is right now, Biden's got 306. And that means Biden would win the Electoral College, meaning he'd win the presidency. And the Trump campaign is fighting feverishly to not let that happen. And they've got a two-pronged approach, and it's fastly coming to just one prong. One prong, one side, is to prevent states from getting to the Electoral College. Because if those states don't get to the Electoral College, in these 19 days, by these 19 days, their votes will not get added. And that could prevent 
Biden from getting to the 270. The other path is to flip the states. And that looks like where the Trump's um, main strategy is or viability is in flipping the states. Uh, there's, again, a lot going on. We got Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, um, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Georgia right now is day two into a recount. And Wisconsin is day six into a recount. Uh, Pennsylvania, there's been some change, some some happenings in Pennsylvania legally, which I'll get into in a second, and Michigan as well. So before I get into all of that, because this is all heading to the Supreme Court, that's what's key here, is if, and again, it's, it goes to what Rudy Giuliani said a while ago, is it's the equal vote clause. That's their argument, is if one vote was treated differently than another vote in the same state, then those votes don't count, or they shouldn't count because they weren't treated equally. All votes should be treated equally. So if you have a criteria for one set of votes in one part of a state and another criteria in another part of the state, uh, you got a problem. And that's their whole argument. If these votes weren't created equally, then these votes don't count. If you go to the state of Georgia, what they're battling in the state of Georgia with this recount is the um, voter registration. So what the Trump campaign is claiming is there are several thousands of people that registered to vote who didn't do it accurately. On their voter registration application, they put as a place of business or a P.O. box for the residency. You know, the state of Georgia, you have to have proof of residency in order to vote. When you fill out your application for voter, uh, to vote, a voter application in Georgia, voter registration application in Georgia, you have to put proof of residency. And what they're finding is some of these voter registration applications have businesses listed. And if they can find 12,500 of those and throw them out that went for Biden, then they can flip the state to Trump. Now, if they do that after this recount, the state has already been certified. But that's part of Georgia law, as I explained on yesterday's show. I've, it, the state will be recertified for Trump. And that in Wisconsin, we've found uh, there's something that came up where there were like 500 or nearly 400 ballots that were somehow magically not counted. So there's all kinds of things like that happening right now. And also, and I'll get into Wisconsin a little bit later, but I want to stay to the point of what's going on with the Supreme Court. All of these are leading to the Supreme Court under that equal vote clause, and especially in Pennsylvania. Now, in Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign just lost some more um, um, fights. Uh, there were five lawsuits that were knocked out, and the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania uh, basically voted against Trump. Now, it's significant in a couple of reasons. One, it's not that it's that the Trump campaign uh, was denied the, uh, the either tossing out votes or re-voting in Pennsylvania. It's that how fast it happened, which is good because, as I said, we got 19 days. So now in Pennsylvania, they've exhausted their legal uh, opportunities in the state. Now it goes to the Supreme Court. That's what we want, 19 days. Remember, in a 2000 election, it took 37 days to resolve that vote, that, that issue between Florida, the Bush v. Gore in Florida, 37 days. So we're still in that, that time frame, and we've got 19 days. But 19 days, it's it. After 19 days, man, it's, um, it's all, all bets are off. We got 19 days, and if the Trump campaign cannot resolve this in the, those 19 days and the Electoral College meets and there's enough votes for Biden to get 270, Biden becomes president of the United States. It's just simple as that. 
Our law is written. It's written pretty hard. It's, it's in, almost you can say it's written in stone. That is the, the Constitution of the United States. That is the supreme law. And you, you'd have to amend the Constitution, and that's not going to happen in 19 days. So what significantly just happened with the Supreme Court? Well, what happened was circuits were assigned. Now, what's a circuit? A circuit assignments. Uh, circuit assignments, each justice is assigned on a circuit in the United States, and there are 11 circuits in the United States. Uh, this from um, supremecourt.gov, circuit assignments. It is ordered that the following allotment be made of the chief justice and the associate justices of this court among the circuits pursuant to Title 28, United States Code, Section 42, and that such allotment be entered of record effective November 20th, 2020. So just recently, these circuits were assigned. Now, what's significant about this? It's extremely significant because here's how it goes. you got 11 circuits. And each one of these circuits, if they exhaust their legal uh, avenues at the state of the local level, the lower courts, if you will, uh, and people want to appeal it, they appeal it to the Supreme Court of the United States. And these circuits, each of the justices are assigned one of these circuits. So let's say in, we'll use Washington State, whatever circuit Washington State is, if, they, if a plaintiff goes through the courts and wants to appeal it, and they appealed it all the way through the Supreme Court of that state. They want to they appeal that now to the Supreme Court of the land, which is the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So the justices that are assigned those circuits are the ones that get to say yay or nay that those court cases will be heard in front of the Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America. So if a justice says nay, well, then the lower court's ruling stands. Why is that significant? Well, let's see who, who is assigned what circuit. Uh, for District of Columbia, it's its own circuit, because there's a lot going on in District of Columbia. It is where, you know, our government resides. John Roberts, he assigns himself. And by the way, Roberts made the assignments, which is interesting. It's interesting that John Roberts wanted to make these assignments, because a lot of people call John Roberts a turncoat. A lot of people say that something's, uh, you know, that, you know, he sides with the left more than he sides with the right. I'm not going to go there. He is wishy-washy. There's no doubt. I often say we have a solid 5-4 court now and a wishy-washy 6-3 court, meaning five solid cons constitutionalists versus four pretty much leftists. And then a 6-3, six, six, we know we there's three hardcore leftists on the court. And we also know that justices that are selected by leftist politicians, presidents, generally stay leftist. They don't, they don't flip and flop. They're pretty consistent. And we know that on the right, they select more so constitutionalists than they do conservative judges. And it bites sometimes the Republicans in the butt. And that's what's happened with John Roberts. He is sided oftentimes with the left. So He's the wishy-washy of the 6-3. So I digress. Let's get into these circuits. So the first circuit, Stephen Breyer, uh, he's got Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Puerto Rico, Rhode Island. Man, we don't hear much about Stephen Breyer. He's not in the news much. Either, either that's a good thing or a bad thing for him, whether or not he wants spotlight, but we don't hear much about Breyer. And the states, the circuit that he's been assigned, no battleground states. We won't hear much about them unless, of course, once it goes to the Supreme Court, because all of them will hear this, the case. Uh, for the Second Circuit, Sonia Sotomayor was assigned Connecticut, New York, and Vermont. For the Third Circuit, 
here's where it gets interesting. Samuel Alito was assigned Delaware, New Jersey, Virgin Island, and wait for it, Pennsylvania. So if the court, if the Trump team, and they are, uh, are going to appeal the lower court ruling of the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania's ruling, it now goes to the Supreme Court of the United States. And it will be Samuel Alito who will say yes or no to picking that case. So the likelihood of Samuel Alito taking the case and putting it in front of the Supreme Court, very, very high. Remember, Samuel Alito has already gotten involved. He's already gotten involved and said that he has ordered the state of Pennsylvania to set aside all those ballots that were cast or counted after the closing hour on election day, if you will. I think it was 8 o'clock. So Samuel Alito's already sent overtures that, hey, he wants to hear this case. So we know pretty soon that this is going to go to the Supreme Court. The Pennsylvania case is going to the Supreme Court. And Samuel Alito resides over that circuit. He's been assigned that circuit. So we can be pretty confident that he's going to say yay and hear the case. So that's, that's win number one for President Trump when it comes to the Supreme Court. Because remember, I know the left is trying to beat you down and make you feel like this is all too much. It needs to come to an end. Look at all these court cases. They're losing, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter. The strategy for the Trump team is to take it to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And they are now at that step, at the door for that in Pennsylvania. All right, let's move on. The Fourth Circuit, John Roberts assigned himself the Fourth Circuit. That is Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, and Virginia, woo, no battleground states. So John Roberts will not be selecting any cases to or deciding whether or not any cases will be heard in front of the Supreme Court. Interesting. For the Fifth Circuit, Samuel Alito is also assigned the Fifth Circuit. That's Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. Again, nothing's going to come out of those. Those are not battleground states. For the Sixth Circuit, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, and Michigan. That's right. Brett Kavanaugh was assigned Michigan. So Michigan is heading that way as well. So we've got state legislatures in Michigan that have agreed to have an emergency meeting to talk about the irregularities. Now, what has to happen now in Michigan is Michigan has certified their election, but if these state legislatures meet and they say there are regulations and they, they want some recounts, well, Michigan could be recertified. And if it's not done in time to send it to the Electoral College, Michigan may be one of those states that don't make it to the Electoral College. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. But Kavanaugh has been uh, been given the assignment of the circuit that includes Michigan. And you know what? The left, were they nice to Kavanaugh during the hearing? No, no, they weren't. Actually, I'm, you know, Kavanaugh seems like a pretty up and up guy, but you gotta, you gotta know deep down, it hurt what the left did to him during his confirmation hearing, what it did to his family. And gee, if I remember right, Senator Harris was one that was pretty, pretty hard on Kavanaugh and vicious with all the lies, believing the, the lady bringing up a lie, an absolute lie that happened when he was in high school. Yeah, this could be interesting that Kavanaugh is overseeing. Isn't it curious that Roberts gave Kavanaugh Michigan? Interesting. And this, by the way, these assignments were made recently. All this election stuff was going on. So all of it was known. So is, is Roberts doing a little, let me give you a little bit here. 
is Roberts, what is, what is he doing? I mean, this is a huge benefit, but let me, care, let me, go, let me move on. Um, the fourth or, or the seventh circuit is Amy Coney Barrett. She's assigned Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. That's right. The Wisconsin, battleground state. So another win for Trump. For the Eighth Circuit, Kavanaugh is assigned Arkansas, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, South Dakota. No, no um, battleground there. Ninth Circuit is Elena Kagan. She's assigned Alaska, Arizona, California, Guam, Hawaii, Idaho, Oregon, Montana, Nevada, Northern Mariana, Mariana Islands, and Washington. Now, this one is Arizona is one of the states. But right now, last I heard, and it could have changed by the time I'm recording this, the governor of Arizona said that he will not certify the election until all the irregularities are taken care of. So could Arizona be another one of those states that doesn't make it to the electoral college? Starting to see a strategy play out here? Absolutely. Uh, For the 10th Circuit, Gorsuch is Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Utah, Wyoming. So no battleground states there and for the 11th circuit and there's one more circuit the federal circuit john roberts assigned himself to that the last one is the 11th circuit clarence thomas that includes alabama florida and georgia so of the battleground states uh alito kavanaugh coney barrett and clarence thomas are the ones who will decide whether or not these go in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. That is a huge, huge win for Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely huge. So the media and several on the right are doing this as well, is there are basically throwing in a towel. The media is throwing in a towel. We know that. The media wants Biden. The media is already trying, and they're trying to get you to throw in a towel, and they're trying to get several people on the right to throw in a towel, and several people on the right have thrown in the towel. I hate to say it. I hate to report. And there are some people that were pretty prominent on the right. Like One is um, Twitchy, which is uh, Michelle Malkin's group over there. Uh, They put out a story that um, was really, I mean, it was bad for Trump, basically saying that they lost five more. And I'm trying to find the story now as I talk. So I apologize. I didn't have it right. I had it up, but I lost it. So I apologize. But anyway, um, they're basically saying that it's, you know, bad for Trump that he lost these five cases in the state of Pennsylvania. And, you know, it is, it is bad. It would have been great if the state of Pennsylvania, you know, said go back and recount these things and they're going to throw out x amount of votes and all that because what the case, the court case was for in the state of pennsylvania was that um several votes weren't counted alike again it goes back to the equal um equal vote clause that some votes were counted differently in this part of the state some votes were counted differently in this part of the states and they had it broken down by different precincts or different counties but here it is from hot air uh, it said Pennsylvania Supreme Court tosses five more Trump election challenges. This is by Ed Morrissey. Morrissey. Chalk up five more losses for Team Trump in Pennsylvania, where the campaign had to reverse the state's election in any legal scenario for a successful election challenge. In all five cases, the state Supreme Court ruled that the irregularities in the ballot cited by the campaign did not amount to the kind of widespread election fraud that would justify tossing out an entire election. However, clean election advocates might take some comfort in the dissents, even if Trump team won't find much to cheer there either. Now, what they fail 
to, to talk, to understand is, yeah, this was expected. In fact, uh, Giuliani thanked the judge in one of the cases for doing it so quickly because we have 19 days. So the sooner that the state gets through this, the better. Now, it's very common that it goes to the Supreme Court in these type of cases. I mean, that's what happened in Florida. I mean, they went through the, um, the, the lower courts before they got to the, the Supreme Court. And that's exactly what happened here. But the way this was written, it's uh, just, it's defeatist. And though there's a lot of people on the right that are ready to just kind of throw in a towel. And I get it. This is tough. There's, this is such a draining process. And, you know, we have to look at what the positives are here. It goes back to that article I read, a part of it by David Horowitz yesterday, that this is a war. We're fighting against the radical left. This is a war and we've got to fight. We're going to lose some battles, but the idea is to win the war. You know that old saying, you know, you lose a battle to win the war? Well, this is a, some battles need to be lost to win the war and some battles in the lower court need to be lost to get to the higher court. Samuel Alito is the one that's overseeing this circuit. So chances are extremely high that Samuel Alito will um, agree to hear this case and, or to put this case in front of the Supreme Court. So there are some wins like, uh, this is from The Spectator. President Trump's campaign said it scored two victories Monday in its effort to contest results in several key battleground states as Michigan state legislators agreed to hold a hearing into election irregularities while a federal appeals court expedited proceedings to consider Trump's legal challenges in Pennsylvania. You see this there? there this is a win that Pennsylvania went so fast. But that twitchy article, that hot air article, just kind of was defeatist. And that's where we're starting to see people on the right just starting to tire out. And I get it. I get it. But we've got so many irregularities here. This is massive. What Sidney Powell is alleging is massive. And by the way, what Sidney Powell is alleging is bigger than the presidency. It's bigger than Trump's reelection efforts and him overturning these numbers. It's bigger than that. And here's why it's bigger is if Trump loses his bid for reelection to overturn these states, uh, which is a very tall order, what he's doing, it's a huge monumental task that uh, the probability of success is not very high, but it's there are paths to success here and he should um, pursue all avenues. He should not give in. He should not concede at all because of what is going on with what Sidney Powell is working on. And what she is working on is way bigger than the, what pre- the president's reelection efforts. Because if Sidney Powell uncovers this massive election fraud and this massive corruption, it, it it fixes things. It gives us a reset. If, if what she says is true and it's not uncovered and it's allowed to continue, our nation as we know it is over. I mean, I know that's a harsh, but our nation is a banana republic. We are done. Because if our voting system is now going to be the same voting system as practiced in Venezuela, well, we lost the war against the radical left. And that's why it's so important to keep fighting this battle, to keep pushing on. President Trump should not concede. Now, let me address something, too. 
that President Trump has allowed or approved or okayed, however you want to um, say it, the monies for the transition from his presidency to a Biden presidency. And a lot of people are starting to say that that's him conceding. It's not. It's absolutely not. He's not conceding. Uh, I don't think any of you who are listening to this probably believe that, but there are a lot of, that's what you're hearing in the media right now. Do not buy into it. The lady who is in charge of those transition funds, her life has been threatened. Her family has been harassed. Her, she's been harassed. I even saw a story where a pet was threatened. So President Trump had said the reason he's allowing these funds to proceed is because of the harassment this lady is getting. So he did it because of her. He didn't do it because he's conceding, but he saw what the left were doing to this lady who's in charge of these transition funds and said enough and, and agreed to allow the transition money to happen. And people on the left are, are looking at it as that's him conceding pretty much in some, some right wing or right leaning publications are saying the same thing that he all but pretty much conceded the election when he did that. He did not. We have 19 days. Again, just looking at the uh, President Trump's efforts, he has 19 days until the Electoral College meets, and we're going to count this down every day. And if he cannot resolve this within those 19 days, he will not be reelected as President of the United States. Joe Biden will be then officially President-elect. He's not President-elect right now. He will not be President-elect until the Electoral College says so. And then once the Electoral College meets, if they do, if there are enough electoral votes to give it to Biden, then officially he is the president-elect. And then on January 20th, he will be inaugurated as the president of the United States of America. But it all ends for President Trump on the night, the 14th of December when the Electoral College meets. That's the timeline. We have 19 days until this is done. And until then, the president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, the sitting president of the United States of America, should pursue all avenues. This is the most important position in the world, arguably the most powerful position in the world. It is the most powerful position in the United States, but arguably, again, in the world, there's a lot at stake here, a lot at stake. We are at war against the radical left. And... We have got to do everything we can to keep them at bay. David Horowitz was right. This all started in the 60s, where elements of the Communist Party infiltrated the Democrat Party, and they have been changing them ever since. Name me a moderate Democrat that's in elected office at either the congressional level or the Senate level, in any of the houses of Congress. Name me one moderate Democrat. And I guarantee you, I will show that they're not moderate. Guarantee it. There are no more moderate de Democrats in the upper levels of the Democratic Party in power. They have been all run out. And you see what's going on with the squad, the AOCs, the Talibs, and all that, the Iman Omar, whatever her name is. You see how radical they are. And that is what we are fighting against. And Sidney Powell if she, can, if she uncovers what, what she is alleging is happening and corrects it, it, it literally will save our republic. It, if not, and the Democrats attain power, you know, there's the, senator, the runoff election here in the state of Georgia for our two senators. And depending on what happens in that election, 
is also a balance of power. The left want all three branches of government. They, they want all of them. They don't want one. They don't want, they want all three branches. And in order for them, because if they have all three branches of government, then their radical agenda is a cakewalk for them. Right now, they don't. They have the House of Representatives, and their majority shrank in the House of Representatives. And right now in the state of Georgia, the two Senate runoff races are what will prevent them or give them the Senate. And it is something I agree with or disagree with vehemently from one of the attorneys that's working with Sidney Powell or in, in a, and not in a direct way. They're just kind of working in parallel. Uh, Lynn Wood has said that if uh, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the Republican candidates for the United States Senate here in Georgia for the runoff seats, uh, don't speak up against this election fraud, then he encourages <coughs> <coughs> he is encouraging Republicans not to vote January 5th. Do not take that advice. I've got a lot of listeners here in the state of Georgia. Do not take that advice. We must get every vote, every Republican vote, in the state of Georgia out, and we must get them out to vote for these two Republican candidates. Already, there are 762,000 um, absentee ballots requests here in the state of Georgia that have happened since uh, the, the election. So 762,000 people have uh, requested an absentee mail-in ballot, if you will. I got a notice in the mail the other day at, that I can fill out to request mine. It's automatically mailed to us. We get it in the mail here in the state of Georgia. And all you do is you fill it out. You don't even have to put a stamp on it. You know, it's like I said a long time ago, a few, number of weeks ago, that people are electing our members of Congress and they don't even have to lick a stamp. All they got to do is fill some piece of paper out at their home, fold it up, put it in the mailbox, and it goes. They don't have to lick a stamp to make this happen. And already 762,000 people have requested absentee ballots. And Stacey Abrams, the, uh, as one article I saw, failed gubernatorial candidate of Georgia, is, she's taking credit for all of this because the left is doing a massive, massive get-out-the-vote effort in the state of Georgia. Massive get out the boat effort. So they're going into all these communities and they're helping people. I, I it's, a, it's an allegation, I know. Uh, Stacey Abrams did it in her gubernatorial um, run. She went to all these different counties and was helping people with their ballots and all that. So the, the, the Democrats are going door to door to get people to fill out their absentee ballots. And you know they're not filling them out for Republicans. So if the Republicans... If they lose one of these Senate seats in the state of Georgia, the Democrats have control of the Senate. If the Democrats have control of the Senate and the presidency, by the way, right now the Republicans have 50 seats. If they can win one of these seats, they got 51, they have a majority. The Democrats have 48. If they win both of them, then it's a 50-50 Congress. And if it's a 50-50 Congress and Biden is elected president of the United States, Kamala Harris is the tie vote. They have the Senate. So if both of these seats go Democrat in Georgia, the Democrats have the Senate. And if the Democrats have the Senate, that means they have the House, they have the presidency, they've got two branches of Congress or two branches of the government. Now they want all three. They need all three branches of government to enact their radical agenda. The Supreme Court is a third branch. So how do they get the Supreme Court? Well, if they have the House, if they have the Senate, and they have the presidency, they stack the court. If you don't think that's going to happen, 
you are not paying attention. I guarantee you that if they win the Senate and if they win the presidency, they are going to stack the court and we will have lost the war. We are in battles. There are several battles going on right now. We are, Trump is in battle to win the presidency. Sidney Powell is in a battle to uncover all this massive, massive fraud and corruption in our election system in the United States of America. We are in a battle to win and keep or to keep the Senate in the Republicans' hands. We are in a battle. Georgia is a battlefront. We are a front line here in the state of Georgia. We have to win this war because if we don't win this war, you won't recognize America in a decade. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Uh, please help us out in, in our effort to maintain uh, this podcast. We need your help. I'll put out, I'll flatly say it. We've had some tremendous growth, uh, but we need to keep the growth going so this podcast and this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, this voice uh, can continue on. Uh, and I do want to hear from you. If you do have some suggestions, if you have uh, a recommended guests, if you have somebody that wants to be on the show that you think will be important and they want to be on the show, uh, reach out to me. My email is thepblpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the PBL podcast. And I'm interacting with quite a few people on Facebook. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also interact with me in the comments on YouTube. I'm on Twitter at the PBL podcast and on parlor at the PBL podcast. I just went on me. I'm still working that one out, but again, at the PBL podcast, but how you can help the show is continue to listen continue to download the episodes, continue to watch us on the YouTube, continue to interact, but also give us a five-star rating if you're listening to, this to iTunes, Apple, uh, whatever apparatus you're listening to the show on. Rate us, give us five-star rating, but like and follow, subscribe. That's the key. And the same thing with YouTube and Rumble. Please subscribe to the channel. It helps move it up into the algorithm. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps the show move up in the algorithm because the big techs, they can't stop that. They cannot stop the algorithms, uh, but what they can do is they can, they can shut things off. Obviously, they can just stop it. They can click, click, click a button, and hey, I've already been banned on TikTok. I've been suspended on uh, Twitter already. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be suspended on other platforms throughout the time. It's a very delicate dance with the big tech giants, but you can help offset that dance by subscribing, subscribing, and subscribing. So again, uh, that's how you can help us without paying a dollar. Not a dime, not a penny. But if you do want to contribute to the show on my website, the PBLpodcast.com, there's a link to patreon.com. You can buy a membership there anywhere from a dollar to ten thousand dollars a month. That's right, there's one, ten thousand dollars. If you sign up for the ten thousand dollar a month one, hey, me love you long time. Well, thank you very much. But anywhere from a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, twenty-five dollars. Or you can also buy some of our merch. I have merch now. So I'll put that in my show notes, the link to the merchandise as well. And uh, again, any way you can help the show, but it doesn't cost you a dime, a penny just to subscribe, like, follow, share. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. On the next one, we're going to talk about Dominion. Yeah.